The VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 653, recorded on June 15th, 2022. Hello, and welcome to the 653rd edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 486th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I'm TJ Dunsing. I'm Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. So yeah, this is going to be a huge episode because like every once a year, you know, we have to cover a lot of, at least we're not covering that, oh God, what was that? The conference again that that's all about these tiny little micro games are like a buck ninety nine. Uh, do you remember this? I don't think you you don't mean the wholesome thing. Yeah, the wholesome thing. Yeah, we're not covering that. <laughs> I, I don't think they're all buck ninety nine, but okay. Yeah, but they're all these um stuff that, and I want to say this in the nicest way possible, cell phone games that just happen to be on a PC. Oh, that's, that's rude. Some of those games yeah, actually look like they're a pretty good time. Yeah, but that's just it. But they, recently. yeah, but that's just it. They're still cell phone games that are on a PC. It's not changing the fact. I think one of them was called Puff Pals that looks like a much better Animal Crossing. Mm. There's actually a game that's on. Um, I it's I know it's on the Xbox Store. It's maybe on the PlayStation Store too, which is basically you playing an apple farmer, and the entire thing is made to look like you're playing on an original Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, which one is it? But Melon Quest? That one looked like a Game Boy game. No, no, it's it's something different. But it, it's kind of deep, uh, deeper than any. And people say it's really relaxing fun. I haven't played it, but it's like, I don't know, buck ninety nine or something like or no, four ninety nine. Um, But, yeah, there are so many stuff, uh, so many things that are coming out. And I was wondering if I should do the Microsoft Bethesda thing last and I said, no, we're just going to do the biggest thing first, and then we'll just go from there. Um, we're just going to be very brief on what we've been playing. I've been playing a lot of Hard Space Shipbreaker. It's become my new thing. It's um, just breaking apart ships and having to deal with stuff like explosive cores and gas tanks and, and everything else. There's something zen and also nerve-wracking about it at the same time. Have you have you seen gameplay of uh, Hard Space Shipbreaker? I have off and on. It looks like a fun game. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing, Scott? I've been playing Final Fantasy XII at the moment. Uh, it's just one of those uh, Final Fantasy games I haven't uh, finished. Um, was this a re-release or a remaster or just the original? This was the Zodiac Age one on Steam. Okay. So, yeah, it was a remaster where they uh, – they, uh, re-geared the license board so that way you had a class that had a specific board and so you're limited to what uh, skills and abilities that you can unlock and you can do two classes for each character um, and then you can get summons and also missed attacks which are kind of like limit breaks and uh, the the battle system is a little bit different because you have these gambits where you can program the characters to fight the battles for you as you're just walking across the landscape. Uh, you can still give commands for a semi-term-based uh, you know, gameplay, but it's 
really different from the other Final Fantasies in that it's kind of automated in a lot of ways. How about you, TJ? What have you been playing? I am blessed because Uh-oh. I have built up a reputation with uh, my outlets over the years as Uh-oh. being a huge fighting game nerd and uh, and fan of all things beat em up. You're playing them fighting herds? Not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was blessed with the review copy of... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Well, that's not a fighting game. That's a brawler, but yeah, that's cool. They have they have things in common. They have more in common than uh, not, in my opinion. But a lot of people were pleased uh, with some of the characters you can play with. Oh, it's such a good game. Like it's it's an incredible game. Not only can you I, play as uh, April, but you can play as Splinter, and people were particularly uh, uh, ecstatic that you could play as uh, Casey Jones because I think the original version. He was DLC or something like that. Casey Jones has been available. He's never been available in the arcades. Right. Um, well, that's but, what I meant. But like, yeah, like, you know, we got so much hype and so many reveals and like there was not very much left to the imagination by the time that we got this game, a review copy of this game. But it still exceeded my expectations. This game is so freaking good. It's the the. There is so much reference and lore from like the TV shows, the comics, the movies, everything that has gone on in TMNT just packed into every corner of the levels of this game. Um, and one of the things that I never really liked about the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade games is that the turtles all kind of play samey to me. I don't feel like they really have their personalities beyond their weapons and colors in the original arcade games. They did a really good job of installing that here in uh in, in Shredder's Revenge. Like every single character in the game plays very differently, plays very feels very different. Even their idle animations are just like full of personality as they're just standing there. I wonder if um Injustice 2 upped the ante with that, because in Justice 2, each of the turtles had a different way of fighting and, and, and personality, and they made sure that they were all different. I really yeah. like how they expanded the characters beyond just the turtles. You get Casey Jones, you get Splinter, April O'Neil. Now all we need is the uh, rabbit Usagi. Not Usagi Yojimbo. Yeah. Usagi Yojimbo would be so good. I would love that. But um, but for the time being, these are the seven we have, and we are, and I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, April O'Neil uses a lot of kick attacks, and like uh, some people have said that like she plays, a, she looks like she plays similar to Chun Li, which I would say is a little bit true. She also uses a lot of uh, of like studio equipment to beat the crap out of enemies, like lighting and cameras and stuff like that. And we're going to be talking about <laughs> Chun-Li later. <laughs> um, and then Splinter uses, uh, uses a lot of uh, staff attacks and biting attacks, which, uh, I, I, like I said, I just love how much personality they poured into every character's fighting style. And then they brought back T. Lopez. Who did the? Uh, who has done the soundtrack for Streets of Rage 4's uh, Mr. X Nightmare DLC? A guy is amazing at what he does, and uh, this soundtrack in Shredder's Revenge is full of certified bangers. By the like, way, we should mention that this game is basically an NES game. It looks like a retro NES, not SNES, but NES. I would say it has a bit too much going on for it. NES. No, but it, like, the, the the visuals, the visuals, not not the processing power, the visuals. Even even in the visuals, I would say that like it's it's so it's so dense just how much they packed into every corner of the game. Okay, let me rephrase the art style. That's what that's what I'm saying, Jonah. Is that like it's it 
I'm saying that like it's so detailed that like I would n- I would this is like a full full on arcade game and yeah, uh, it's, it's at least SNES or PlayStation One era graphics. Um, and they and they did the six player, which uh, you can do six player local or yeah. online, and it's that super awesome. easy. And it's super easy to jump in and out of games on this. I did this with a few colleagues, and like. It is very, very, very easy and super user friendly the way they set up online play. Oh, no, you're right. Really, it looks like a SNES game. I really appreciate a good online system these days because there are a lot of there are a lot of people that get it wrong, and I can only imagine that it's hard to d- design multiplayer systems based off of what we've seen from like even big hitters like Capcom have messed up on this. By the um, way, the official release date is today. Just so you know. Uh, June 15th. Oh, okay. I thought it came out tomorrow. No, the reviews are coming out now. Yeah. Uh, or maybe the embargo yeah. is, is over right now, but every all the reviews are coming out today. Yes, and the game actually comes out itself tomorrow. Okay. Um, and it's coming out everywhere. It's coming out on Nintendo Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox yeah. One, Xbox Series X, and PC. Um, so yeah, I couldn't I couldn't sing the praises of this game enough. I not only think that it's one of the best beat 'em ups of all time, I think it might be the best TMNT game of all time. Okay. That's like that's like including Turtles in Time, and I know that's sacrilegious, but I truly do. Like as a connoisseur of good of good punchies, I love this game. Here's I love the thing: everything it does, and I think it's the best in the series. One thing I don't like about Turtles in Time is that the the action is kind of sluggish. You know, the turtles move kind of sluggishly in that game. Mm-hmm. You'll like this one, I I think then, because not only do you have a run, which you can double yeah. tap in any direction to do runs, but you have a dodge button, which lets you jump, which lets you do a quick hop in the direction you press as you press the button. Well, my plate is kind of full, but <laughs> so if you do this hop, but if you do this hop, you can uh, immediately follow up with a with an attack, and it'll do like a a jumping dash attack. So I like that. I like the amount of like different niche moves they put into this game it's so fun like everybody should be playing this game i'm not, i'm gonna put it out there play this game it's so freaking fun by the way um one thing you did not mention um it supports crossplay between pc and xbox um, there's no crossplay between the switch and playstation yet or with each other but right now you can crossplay with uh, pc and xbox oh yeah it is an online game just for people to know and couch co-op Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um so yeah, get out there, enjoy it. It'll be coming out to, it'll be coming out by the time you hear this podcast. I can't speak highly of it enough. I think it's probably one of the It's a great like everything I've seen out of Dot Emu. Like there is no reason for them to go this hard, but because there's basically nobody competing with them for the for like licensed arcade style games like this. And yet they continue to impress me every single time they come out. Well, considering that the last uh, Team NT beat em up was real stinker, I think they had to go the extra mile. Yeah, I think this would have broken a lot of people's hearts if it was anything less than great. Um, so we're going to move on to game news. And um, yeah, as predicted, Starfield dominated the entire discussion, and it's still dominating discussions now. There's still information coming out. So let's start with initial impressions. Scott. What did you think? Well, I I, get, I I knew that this would be like a, a lot of action, first-person shooting, uh, fighting. Um, so I wasn't really happy with that, but I knew that that was going to be coming. 
Uh, I do like that we get to customize our ship. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, build your own ship. I like that we have base building. Uh, those are both very good. Well, let's talk about ship building for a moment. The one thing that sh- shocked me about the ship building and also the ships is that, like Star Citizen, they're fully explorable. You can walk around your ship after you build it. And not only that, but you can hire crew. That does sound really good. I like that. Because I, I, I liked when I could play a game and have a crew. And I remember that feeling in Space Quest where you'd have a ship and you have a crew and you get to know them and be attached to them. And so this would be really cool. You'd have your own ship and your own crew and and you can make it like you probably try to make something like a Millennium Falcon or, or yeah. some other ship. We might start. There's going to be modders for this. They already confirmed modders. Oh, yeah. so you can imagine what's going to go there. I already made a crack that uh, I really want to make Mega Maid from uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> oh, there you go. That would be great. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, the thing is that I was not expecting. And the other thing I did not expect was ship combat. I was not expecting yeah. that at all. <laughs> I was not expecting space simulation ship combat. Yeah, that yeah. was a surprise. I was really happy to see that. This, this really is an ambitious uh, game, especially with the uh, planets too. All the all the all the systems and all the planets that you can visit and have been uh, procedurally generated, so right. you can go visit like an ice planet or a forest planet or something like that. Here's the thing. Um, now there's going to be four planets that are going to have a, an entire city on them, and we'll discuss that in a moment. I'm willing to bet you that a f- like one planet or maybe one every two systems planets are going to be a little bit more curated and more detailed than the other procedurally generated ones. Uh, Todd Howard said that these plans are just there for people to, you know, to go off, mine, whatever, because there'll be resource spots. But here's the thing, and I posted this on Twitter. Todd Howard says, oh, there's going to be a thousand procedurally generated planets with nothing on them, just terrain and stuff like that. And modders are going to say, really now? How much you want to bet... Modders are going to make sure that there's stuff, there's even more stuff to do on these planets. And the fact there's a thousand of them, it's sort of like every modder says, you know, this is going to be my planet. I'm going to work on this planet, and it's going to be my planet to work on. Yeah, I I, I can see that definitely. They'll 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 make little mini adventures for these various planets. They'll make little quest mods where you can go do something, you know, and and just explore world and have characters there and and they're the size of planets so you can do a lot of stuff on it on just one planet oh yeah because one of the things they showed when they showed uh, one of the cities right and said well here's the planet here's this city but that entire planet is explorable yeah because usually you're very used to going to a planet and you only explore a small portion of it but it acts like that's the whole planet you know so Uh, we're looking at you mass effect I was uh I was floored by the character creator system. And yeah, I know that's like that. something that Bethesda has been doing forever, but the details that we got out of the character creator system in this game were quite were quite intriguing and fun to me. Well let's put a pause on that yeah. though. Because we like to say that, but it's actually the games that had the most integration of character into story have been the ones that are done by Obsidian. Bethesda, right. not too great, but here's the thing. They said immediately, you know what, if you choose uh, this character build, 
the other characters are going to react to it, and they showed it. You know, like they said, uh, what was the what was the class? You're an imba- uh, you're a diplomat, yeah, and diplomat, yeah. And the guy and the guy you talk to, oh, you're, I see, you're a diplomat. You know, so it's actually going to have an impact on dialogue at the very least. Yes, I like that. I like so like there are three different things that you can go for in this one. There's backgrounds, or, or actually no, like the two major ones are backgrounds and traits and, per- and perks. Um. Oh yeah, and you'll and it'll have a skill tree with perks, of course. But like, but with the backgrounds, that's like your your job, your occupation. That's what you do, and you get three perks that are that are integral to that background. And I think that's cool in of itself. The the perks, or I'm sorry, the traits, traits are optional. Are, uh, are double edged swords or different, just like story things about you. And one of the ones I saw in there was uh was Neon City uh like street punk or something like that. <laughs> Which was basically you grew up on the back alleys of of this settlement called Neon, and you'll get dialogue options related to Neon, and you'll get faction bonuses related to Neon. Now imagine at having the a cost of of getting bigger faction deficits from other factions when you do jobs against them. Yeah, that's like now, the uh, first two fallouts where they had. Uh, traits that had positive and negative attributes, and that's really nice to see that reintroduced into this game. Well, here's the thing. Um, Todd Howard did say that a lot of this is being inspired by old RPGs. Yes, and like it was just it was cool how much detail I saw. With, like, yes, Scott, you're right. They they have been doing uh, the double edged sword trait thing for a long time, but it was just like when I stopped and looked at some of these traits they had, it was just really cool to see some of the details that uh, that they're putting into some of these double edged swords. Yeah, like yeah, one something about alien DNA that my yes. daughter liked, and that I I didn't see what the attributes were, but I guess that will be interesting too because I want to see what kind of aliens are in the game. That that there'll be more than just humans walking around there'll be some crazy looking aliens i hope also um you what i also liked was that you can there's a variable on weight too you can make them really thin or really fat and Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of the only thing i don't like is that all the characters still have bethesda eyes that blank soulless stare that everyone always gives you in a bethesda game by the way uh they did reveal that this is the um this is the, this is the second iteration of the usual engine. Uh, I forget what they call their engine again. You know the one they've used for Fallout and Elder Scrolls and all that stuff. Oh, uh, creation engine. It's the creation engine 2.0. So it's actually a new one, and it looks it. You know, I mean, um, one of the things they mentioned was that it's not going to be direct. Uh, you know, going from the ground into space. You're not going to have that. You know, where you're going through the atmosphere and stuff. And Todd Howard says, you know, no one really cares about that. I don't know about that, you know, just basically going, oh, we're taking off, oh, we're in space already. It's not something that's a deal breaker. It's odd that they're not doing that, but I can understand why they're doing that. Um, well, the other thing is that you can steal other people's ships. <laughs> you just break in and steal their ships. Yeah, that sounds like something that you, uh, so we can have GTA uh, Starfield just steal people's ships and sell them for parts or whatever, or just crash them into other planets. Remember these are the they they when they first revealed a star a Starfield they called it NASA Punk so you're not going to have the sleek ships that you see in other games you're going to have these what look like modified freighters for most of them even even the fighters are like really ch- clunky and chunky and look like they might fall apart at any second and I like that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I guess you don't need to be aerodynamic in space 
No, but they are aerodynamic and atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're also going to have a full a faction uh, thing too. You have the United Colonies, which is the future space republic, the Free Star Collective, which is a Western a space Western fantasy, people on the frontier, Reunion Industries, a megacorp, one of those possible starting factions, the Crimson Fleet, who are the pirates who you actually fight in the beginning of the game, and House Varun, which is a group of fanatical religious zealots. And um, people were talking about, you know, the morality system in this, and um, they showed you actually, yes, you can join the Crimson Fleet, you can join these pirates who think of nothing of shooting hostages as they showed in one in one scene. So you're gonna you're gonna be able to join with anybody in this game. Hmm. Yeah, I remember you had a bandit faction for four, so they probably expand on that. And I wonder just how many bases you're going to be able to build. and You have to have the money to do it. You have to have oh, the resources and the money. You just That's can't just true. plop down a base everywhere. <laughs> That's true. Um, the other thing is that uh, you start off working for the, the Starfield equivalent of the Blades uh, or the uh, Mass Effect equivalent of the Spectres. You know, and it's always it's always in these Bethesda games in which you're starting with this faction who's neutral, has who's basically sending you out, you know, we want you to do this specific task, and while you're doing that task, you can do anything you like, you know. But in the end, you're working for us. You know, like in Skyrim, it was the uh, dragon, the Dragonborn. In um, in Oblivion, it was the Blades. Or Morrowind, it was the Blades. I think they had the Blades in, in Oblivion, too. Yeah, they the Blades, blades in all three The games. Blades have appeared in every game since uh, yep. Morrowind. Right. I'm just saying you have that neutral faction who who you're working for, and basically when you join other other factions, you're basically a deep mole agent, or at least you're working for them and them. But in the end, you're working for the Blades, and that's what's going on with this with with Starfield. You know, you begin you introduce this woman, and she says you're going to do this stuff for us, and boom, 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 and then you have your mission, and they just let you go. Yeah. Now about outpost outpost creation. I like it. It is not the pain that Fallout 4 is. It looks a lot more modular. You just set up an, a, a, a perimeter with your beacon, and you just plop stuff down. None of that tedious building that you had in Fallout 4, which I really didn't like, where you had to build the walls and the roofs and this and that. No, no. You just, okay, this bay goes here, this room goes here, boom, you have an outpost. And if you want to make it so that it's a mining outpost, you put the mining thing down, that sort of stuff. Very simple. I mean, complex, but not tedious like it was in Fallout 4. Well, it depends on how detailed you want to get. But that's just it, you know. <laughs> you can get detail. But the thing is, here's the thing. Um, in Fallout 4, if you're a base building, there's a very good chance you might half-ass it because you started getting bored. Here you don't – you really can't half-ass it because you're sending out modules and you're just placing these modules down. Yeah, that'll that'll probably be very good for a lot of people who just want to get the module down and not have to go all that crazy detail. But uh, I know there are people that do like getting that detail that that will play The Sims and build all the walls exactly the way they want them. And yeah, the cities. Um, there are four cities. One of them is they're all bigger than any city made it by Bethesda before, and they all have this archetypes. You have the corporate city. You have the Blade Runner city. You have the uh, you have most Isley, you know, Hive of Scum and Villainy, and you have um, uh, what was the fourth one? It was, but each city is different, and they all remind me of Night City from Cyberpunk. That's how big they look. Because one, the 
probably a thing that everybody noticed is that there's a lot of people walking around in these cities. They're not going to feel empty. So long as they don't have to freaking hear, oh, you, you, yeah, yeah. I, said, I had have an arrow to, shot in my knee. Well, I've never <laughs> been to Cloud County or whatever. You know, so long as I don't have to hear crap like that. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I might have to kill a person again. <laughs> uh, he's just, he's just, just a guy. There was this guy in Skyrim in the White Run who constantly said, "Oh, you've never been to the 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 Yarl and and into the Cloud Palace or whatever." And I just he just would not shut up, and he kept saying it over and over again. So I just killed him and paid the guards five thousand <laughs> gold and was done with him. You're mildly inconveniencing me. You must die. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where this, this game goes because, um, especially with modding support. Oh yeah, that's that's always interesting. I, I fully expect people to build ships from various uh, franchises, and you know, I'm sure I'll see a Millennium Falcon and an Enterprise and the, the, the made from from there, some White Star and probably a TARDIS. Somebody's going to do a TARDIS. <laughs> DJ? Yeah. Uh... What do you guys have? You guys seen the uh, the comparisons to No Man's Sky? And yeah, so, people made that comparison. The uh, the only thing that looks like No Man's Sky is that you're the scanning mechanic and the mining mechanic. That's it. Yeah, I was laser, laser drill. Yeah, I was more. I was making more connections to Elite Dangerous and uh, and Star Citizen than than No Man's Sky. Yeah, because No Man's Sky seemed to have more fluorescent coloring it was it was brighter and more um surreal and kind of cartoonish just a little i just Um, think people there's a lot of people who are not very imaginative and everything is either oh that's just like no man's sky oh that's just like portal oh that's just like you know no it isn't yeah no you do see a lot of that people like to make comparisons to things Uh, i'm sure you know star citizen might get compared to since you can build your own spaceship and you know you don't have to worry about buying one in, you, in Star, in Citizen? Star Citizen, you buy one or something. Oh, you but buy one. You, yeah, but it's like no, you it, can you have you have different jobs in it. Oh, by the way, one thing that every single person who's playing Star Star Citizen say that they should immediately incorporate Heart Space Shipbreaker into it. Just because one of the one of the most prolific one of the most profitable jobs in that game is going to be ship salvage. Mm-hmm. So getting back to Starfield, um, your character won't have a voice, which is fine. I don't care. I mean, I, the, the voice acting in Fallout 4 was fine, but, you know, it's like, uh, I don't need to hear his snarking all the time. Yeah. There were some there were some things in Fallout 4 where it worked, but other but I agree with you that for the most part, it wasn't all that great. Now, um. One other thing with the uh, Todd Howard interviews, uh, he said that um, after we finish the Elder Scrolls 6, we're going to work on Fallout 5. And I'm thinking, yay, it's a game I'm going to be playing when I'm 60, 62, 63. God, God knows, because if you're going to start a game after you finish Elder Scrolls 6, which, by the way, they said they were in pre-production. Yeah, you don't expect to see Fallout 5 anytime soon. I thought it was strange that uh, that I was seeing this news on uh, yesterday when the uh, or I'm sorry, whatever day that the showcase went live. And uh, because I had deja vu and I went to look back at some of my old articles. He said this back in November 2021, this yeah. the, almost almost verbatim. 
And so I don't understand why people are being like, this is news. <laughs> well, did they think that Bethesda wasn't going to make a Fallout 5? Yeah, and like he's he's spoken to this exact topic before in this exact same way. He said that they're going to focus on fix on making Starfield first, then they're going to make Elder Scrolls 6, and then after that, then they'll return to Fallout. I think people are disappointed that now that Bethesda and Obsidian are both under the same umbrella, there's no Fallout New Vegas 2. Oh, yeah, they're definitely I, – I, I saw memes about that. They thought that immediately there would be a, a Fallout New Vegas, and I don't think that's anywhere in the plans at all. At all. Yeah, Obsidian is working on The Outer Worlds 2 and Avowed. I don't think they have enough room for it, although they do have enough room for another game, another small game, which is really cool, but we'll we'll discuss that later. Um, so let's talk about the Bethesda, uh, Microsoft Bethesda showcase. Um, the opening thing, all they did was show trailers, and uh, people had a drinking game uh, in which if you uh, saw, if if they said uh, available day one on Gay Pass, you had to take a drink. I think people would have had severe liver poisoning by the end of this one because it was each and every single game, every single game. <laughs> Sort of, kind of. Um, let's get this out of the way for a moment. Let's talk about Riot Games. Uh, TJ, if you're yeah. some, say, like a League of Legends player, and you find out if you have Game Pass Ultimate, you get every single character available to you, and for the other games, every single character available unlocked, all the DLC. Uh, what was Riot Games offering? I know it's League of Legends and Overwatch. No, not Overwatch Two, but I think Valorant. Is, uh, is their is their version of Overwatch? Yeah. Um, for if if I don't, I'm first off. So it's League of Legends, uh, Valorant, Wild Rift, Team Fight Tactics, and Legends of uh, Rune Terra. So that's worth it because League of Legends has like over 100 characters, and earning them all takes a lot of time and or money. Um, you're getting them for 15 to, bucks a month. Just being just being able to pick them all up at once is kind of like an explosive deal. Like if you're into that game, because otherwise you would have to grind for those characters over a long period of time, or you'd have to spend, I would say, probably about five bucks per character. On the same, how about with Valorant? Because you get all the agents from them too. Yeah. The same thing, like you you have to grind to unlock agents in Valorant, and so like if you unless you just buy them, so being able to just access everything in the game, access all the characters and use them as you please, that's uh that's a pretty big deal. I think uh, I think if you're a Riot fan, you probably already have some of that grind under your belt, but you also know about it, and being able to pick up characters that you haven't played before by just having a game pass is probably going to be like something like you'll see people that'll be able to play characters that they didn't play before because they didn't have access to them. Yeah. And as an, almost as an afterthought in the, in the, uh, in the showcase follow-up, they just said, Oh yeah, by the way, Valheim's going to be on game pass and it's going to be on Xbox. <laughs> it's like, uh, so t- uh, Scott, you played Valheim. How big is that? Yes, uh, that's pretty cool that it's on there. It will also be uh, platform cross compatible. Cross platform, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can play with your friends. Uh, but the server, if you start a server, I think it has to be set up on a PC. But it, you can still cross platform and 
play with your Xbox buddies or and and or PC buddies on the same world. And yeah. uh, that's that's really good. You know, that uh, expands the audience more for people to go hunting down the various uh, uh, bosses and whatnot. And, and it also will not affect the uh, the Mistlands update that's coming uh, because there's a different team that's porting it or getting it onto the Xbox. I guess the specific Xbox team is doing that. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So which was the biggest surprise for you? DJ. The biggest surprise during this whole like no just for just for the Microsoft Bethesda showcase. Uh, let me have a look down the list here. Yeah. I think one of the coolest things I saw during that thing was one of the things I didn't expect to see in the slightest was uh, was a Silk Song trailer. Really, uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song has been running under the radar for so long that I was starting to think that it might be vaporware. Like, I know they've been working on it, but they haven't said anything about it in a very long time. Really? Because that was one of the things they were talking about for the past two weeks was that Silk Song was going to was going to debut in this uh, showcase. So you missed that, huh? I guess so. But, like, it was surprising to see it. I There's really not much to learn about it at this point. All I want to know at this point is, like, when is it coming out? When can I play it? Well, one of the things uh, that people noticed about it was that the animation was so smooth. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it, it's always smooth. Uh, no, I mean, the ho- uh, this was light years beyond Hollow Knight. I mean, it was smooth. It was slick and and just like was 120 frames per second, even though it probably wasn't. It just was that smooth, and people were commenting on that. It was silky smooth. Yeah, <laughs> silk song smooth. Yep. Uh, um, I was surprised. Okay. Oh, the game that surprised me would be uh, our uh, history untold. I did not. Oh, Ava, yes, Ara, history yeah. untold. Ara, I did not expect to see a civilization-like game uh, being made by Microsoft. Well, and here's the thing. Um, it's actually Microsoft's not making it, but it's not a civilization. It's not a forex game. It is a grand strategy game on the like Europa Universalis, and uh, mm. but. It is being made by ex civilization devs. And that's Soren Johnson. Mm, no, it's Oxide Entertainment, I believe. Okay. No, I was wrong about Soren Johnson. Someone else uh, said it, but it's not true. Um, uh, yeah. For me, um, it was the last case of Benedict Fox. I had not heard about this game at all. Oh, that game looks excellent. I definitely like the aesthetic there. I like that there's a mystery going on. It's inside uh, meets uh, Cthulhu. <laughs> it, it, it looks really nice and dark and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, TJ, I'm going to guess you really like Ravenlock. Ravenlock. Which one was that? That was the, uh, the girl who's... Uh... Wait, do you mean Flintlock? No, Ravenlock. No, no, no. <laughs> Ravenlock is a completely different game, dude. Yeah. <laughs> let me have a. Let me do a good Ravenlock. Come on. Ravenlock. I. Did I, I must have had my head to the grindstone when this was happening. It's a fairy tale action game. It does look very pretty. Yeah. Um. Now I completely. Oh, this is made by the same fo- folks who made a. Who made um? F- it just came out. <sighs> Oh no, I'm drawing a Echo Generation. Yeah. 
They made uh, they made Echo Generation. Yes, I will play another game from those folks. Echo Generation was excellent, and this looks excellent too. You want to talk about Flintlock? Uh, Flintlock looks very cool. It's uh, I'm sorry, I had a complete blank. But um, Flintlock, yeah, it's it's an okay. action melee where you use a the titular flintlock pistol and magic. And you have like this weird cat like creature that Yeah, <laughs> that snuggly people people were making the comparisons to God of War. <laughs> I can see that. It looks like it's gonna it looks like the combat is pretty proficient. Like it looks like it's gonna be pretty fun for what it is. Um but no, the other one that I really enjoyed out of all this seeing for the first time was Wolong. Mm. Um this was from Team Ninja. They uh they have a new action yes. game coming up. Uh looks like a new uh a new kind of horror action demon slayer type game. Basically looks, Ninja Gaiden but even darker. <laughs> looks like uh looks like they might have Lubu at the end there. Yeah. They had some sort of they had some sort of badass looking warrior with peacock feathers sticking out of his hair on a big horse. Those are those are all Lubu things. But uh, we'll see what happens. Well, here's the thing. You know, Team Ninja does not own the rights to Ninja Gaiden. So they, they I think they wanted to make their own their own original type, Ninja Gaiden type game. Mm-hmm. Um, the one game, another game that I was not expecting was Pentiment, which is uh, which is being developed by Josh Sawyer. And for those who don't know who he is, he's Icewind Dale, Icewind Dale 2, Neverwinter Nights 2, Alpha Protocol, and Fallout New Vegas, and Pillars of Eternity. And this is a, this is an adventure game, a mystery adventure game, which is uh, basically very stylistic in the shape of um, oh, those old drawings you see in old uh, medieval books. And Detroit. Yeah. Um, it was a BTN, I think. Uh, woodcut, and, maybe. Yeah. Uh, basically wanted to, in, he wanted the art style of the game to match the style of the era that the game is set in. And it also takes, uh, across, I think a span of 25 years or so. Uh, so that way you'll see people age and grow up. You'll see little children grow up and they do their lives, uh, which I think is really neat. Not and, a lot of games do that. Yeah. And since it's, um, since it's, uh, Josh Sawyer, you're going to have the Alpha Protocol new Fallout New Vegas thing in which every single thing you do, they're going to recognize. Even more so than Mass Effect, it's all going to have a strict impact on the game. Everything you do is going to have cause and effect in that game, which is what Josh Sawyer does. Like I said, if you played Alpha Protocol or, or Fallout New Vegas, you know what I mean. Or Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2. He, yeah, he did that definitely, and especially in Pillars 2, I think he perfected it. Uh, they, every character, you, could, you develop a relationship with the various characters, so I, I guess you should expect to see that in here, too. Um, oh, the art is done by Hannah Kennedy. Uh, so. Also, uh, what else? There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, how do you feel, finally, they're going to release Grounded? Um and I finally reinstalled it because here's the thing. Now they have the full story, so you can go from beginning to end. That's one of the things I really don't like about, you know, early access, you know, like Baldur's Gate 3, is that, you know, you're not going to get the entire story and you're just going to waste your time going to a certain point and say, nope, sorry, can't move from here, which is why I haven't played, uh, what's the name of that, um, 
that space sim uh, ever something to you know this DJ space sim ever ever space ever space ever space two that's why go. I haven't been playing it because there's so many things that are not in it that I want the entire the entire uh, uh, the entire experience. So Grounded is finally going to be... And they're also adding a lot of stuff. I did not know they added a Praying Mantis into the game. <laughs> yeah. that <laughs> I hate it. I hate the Praying Mantis. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I don't like even more than spiders? Is Praying Mantises. Everything about a Praying Mantis is terrifying. They have big, bulbous eyes. They have scythe hands. They have long, spindly bodies. Everything about a praying mantis was built by nature to upset me. <laughs> um, did you enjoy the the musical number by Sea of Thieves? Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, is Jack Sparrow still in that game, or is it, uh, or was that just limited time DLC? Oh no, you can like still access that content. It's, oh, okay. uh, it's never going away. It's there. Yeah, okay, because the entire game might as well just be called Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. At some point, Microsoft is going to have to talk to uh, to Disney and say, you know what? Screw the Sea of Thieves names. Just call it uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Sea of Thieves and just make <laughs> it even more outwardly because you have the Kraken in it, you know, so you might as well. Uh, the thing, yeah. Not everything has to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, this game is Pirates of the Car- Caribbean in everything but name. If you ever play it, it's like, oh, God, I'm playing Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> it has that sense of humor. Um, Scorn finally did I see that Scorn finally has a release date? yes October 21st mm-hmm. the moistest game ever yes it's going to be a very moist game you know the thing you're looking at Scorn and you say you know what only 13 people worked on that that's wild because that game is insanely detailed and like in the creepiest of ways yeah. um, just the sheer amount of of machinery being shoved into orifices is unsettling. Oh yeah, that's the one that's like a uh, HR Giger, the game. Yeah, HR Giger. <laughs> yeah, that's really macabre. I just like, oh no, thank you. I don't want to play this, but I can. I, I know others will. And it's very gory and graphic and dark and ugh, no, thank you. <laughs> and then we have uh, Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon Five Hot Wheels. Everybody got excited about Hot Wheels <laughs> because. Apparently, in Forza 3, it was the biggest thing, and everybody loved it. And there is something weird about having these plastic racetracks going around realistic terrain. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm really happy about Forza Motorsport because here's the thing. For Horizon, that's nice. I've always been a motorsport guy. Yeah, and I mean, like, Forza Horizon is always where they get a little bit more arcadey, a little bit more bombastic and fun. And then Forza Motorsport is where, like, they go full-on sim. Uh, and that – one of the big things that they announced for it, did you see they're finally going to be doing uh, car damage for the first time in the series? No, they had car damage earlier in the season, then they stopped, and now they've brought it back. And that's always bugged me about, you know, car manufacturers have these stipulations you can't show our cars being damaged. Yeah, right. that was the thing behind it. Licenses one like stipulated that you can't mess up our cars. And, and it's uh, funny is I was watching a live stream with Escapist Magazine, and um, one of the things I was saying, they were talking and they were watching me talk. I said, you know what, uh, whatever, you know, just to have realistic damage. 
oh wait, they do have realistic damage, and they they laughed at my oh wait, it does have realistic damage uh, reaction, you know, going from yeah whatever, oh it does, um, but yeah, um, talking about some sequels, uh, what do you think of Play Tale Requiem? I'm ready to play more of that game. I, I thought the very the first one had a very good story. It's uh, one of the most unsettling puzzle platformers I've ever played. Why, you have something about rats? Something about rats. Uh, every time that somebody gets devoured by rats in that game, it is the most one of the most terrifying instances because they just completely engulf a person and turn them into goo in seconds. Did you, did you not watch Dishonored? Did you not play Dishonored too? <laughs> you know... <laughs> Dishonored, Dishonored is great, and I love Dishonored, and I'll be the first to tell everyone play Dishonored. I think that uh, I think that Plague Tale has a step up over uh, over Dishonored's rat tech. Except in Dishonored, you can be you can become a rat. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the other surprise is Minecraft Legends. Everybody's talking about how it's going to be an RTS. It's not. It's an action RPG. And it's an open world action RPG, which is different than Minecraft uh, dungeons. Well, it mm. looks like you're building forts or castles. Yeah, that's the thing. The one big complaint about Minecraft dungeons is there's no building in it, and it's based on a game which is all about the building. Yeah. I think Minecraft mm. Legends was like, okay, fine, we'll, we'll we'll make a version of that in which you can build shit. <laughs> and there's also a very, I think there's a stro- story narrative. Uh, in in this game too, uh, so there should be, you know, like reasons why you're going out and doing this stuff, yeah. building things and defending. That's right, you, yeah, you're defending, uh, you're defending the uh, overworld from the Nether attacking, and so this is apparently a very old lore story that's going to be, I guess, canon to the uh, Minecraft universe. universe. Minecraft, yeah, the Minecraft universe. Wouldn't it be nice if you were able, uh, allowed to link somehow your Minecraft uh, uh, world with Minecraft Legends? Like you just go through a portal with your character. I don't think they're going to do that, but that would be interesting. I'm sure there'll be some fan fictions about it. Yeah. Um, perhaps the one the thing that got people the cheering the loudest was the announcement of Persona 3, Persona 4, and Persona 5 on Game Pass and coming up to Xbox. Um, interestingly enough, uh, Persona 5 Royal will be the first one to be released, but I think that's because that's the uh, remass, the um, uh, the you know, the golden version of uh, Persona 5, so it's going to have the most content. Uh, yes, worth noting, it's like the the best ultimate versions of all three of these games, which is Persona 3 Portable, Portable uh, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal, which uh, it's. Like there is an actual huge difference between Persona Five and Persona Five Royal, where they changed up some story. Uh, they changed up, changed up some story beats that were kind of disappointing in the main game. Um, so they redid some stuff at the in the narrative of Persona Five Royal to make it a bit better. I think they did similar things with uh with portable with uh, Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden, where there's like extended uh, story on the end of the game that was that wasn't there before, and uh, and in all of these instances, like each of these games is really fun. Um, they have hours like tons of hours worth of gameplay. It has been po- I I myself have poured in tons of hours on each of these games, and. Uh, 
it'll be nice to like it'll be nice to see Persona Five make it to more platforms, but also like Persona Four, Persona Three, and Persona Four. You can't go wrong with either of those either. Except for certain problematic story beats in Persona 4 Golden, which we will not discuss now. <laughs> I think they actually edited those uh, problematic beats out of, uh, out really? of some of them. Okay. Um, you know what's going to happen, right? Um, after all three of these games come out, Persona 6 is going to be announced, and it's going to be on all platforms, uh, and probably on Game Pass 2, day one. That would be awesome. I think that... Uh they're they're putting uh, Persona 5 on on Nintendo Switch too, which yeah. By the I way, I'd like to say that I I knew this was going to happen two years ago, and Scott, you should remember this because I was doing the stream through uh, Microsoft's old streamer that was the competitor to Twitch. I forgot the name of it. And Mixer. Not, yeah. And when I when I had the game Persona 4 Golden, there was a bug right next to it that said Xbox. Uh, Xbox Gold, Xbox Game Pass. I'm thinking that's odd, and I knew right there Microsoft made a deal with Atlas, and they were just at some point going to announce this for Game Pass, all of them. Wow, I I didn't realize it was that far back. Yeah, yeah, two years ago when Mixer was still alive. I miss Mixer. <laughs> um, uh, one more game I'd like to talk about is the Cocoon game yeah. that they showed. Does not Wil- star Wil- Wilford Brimley. I'm just going to say right that right now. Then there's, no, there's no Wilford Brimley in the game. Okay, I wasn't going to say that. Um, <laughs> it, it looks like a top-down Limbo-like game where you're trying to solve environmental puzzles and uh, I guess you're a little bug or something. Yeah, and trust me. I was thinking about Ru- Ru- uh, Ru- uh, Tunic the entire time as well. Yeah. That is so Tunic. Uh, it looks like a nice game. Um, it was it was an interesting surprise to see that there were a lot of good uh, games shown at the Microsoft uh, showcase. So it was definitely worth time to see all these game trailers. I was not, it was nice seeing the Necromancer, which is the final class. Um, I only occasionally use the Necro- Necromancer in Diablo 2. I was mostly a sorceress guy, but the one game that was sort of okay. Because they didn't really talk much about it was Redfall. Um, they said, yeah, this game exists, and it's ga- uh, day one. But they didn't really reveal anything new about it, at least not to me. Um, I think it was a little bit more like they introduced the characters and talked about them, what each character can do. So they- yeah, but we knew that already from the uh, from the first uh, trailer last year. I guess so. Um, then there's also High on Life. Um which is by Squanch Games. And I'm trying to remember what else they did. I know they did another game that was really popular. Um, do you remember, TJ? Uh, they did Trevor Saves the Universe. Right, right, right. Yeah, so also it is uh, very much a Rick and Morty game. As a matter of fact, they have the voice actor and the co-creator of Rick and Morty in it. So you can expect that kind of humor, too. Yes, uh, Justin Roiland is actually the. I think he's the CEO of Squanch Games. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get plenty of his comedy. Uh, it does look pretty much like a Justin Roiland thing. Um, it looks the, like it looks like a more actiony version, a more lighthearted version of Oddworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, living guns that have quips and everything. 
they uh they showed off uh gunplay with these living weapons and, yeah all of them and they all talk to you <laughs> all of them even the knife he goes stabby stabby when you when you attack somebody <laughs> yeah so that's going to be an interesting one yeah so uh, let's move on to Devolver Digital. I you already talked about this, but you might as well talk about it again. Talk about Card Shark, DJ. Uh, Card Shark? Yeah. yeah, like they didn't really show anything new about it, but yeah, it's uh, it, like that game is fun. I I will say that. Like I really enjoyed my time with it. I was actually surprised to see like that game uses a lot of historical figures in it, like Voltaire and uh, and. Not only and quite a few that I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, it is very interesting swindling uh, <laughs> a bunch of French nobles adjacent to the French Revolution. Um, also, that game is chock full of act of act. Yeah, the the art style is very fun and very colorful and very charming. I like their use of warm colors in the game. They're using a they're using a sort of like a watercolor paintbrush sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it uses actual like card tricks. Like it obviously won't teach you the dexterity you need for those card tricks, but it, but like uh, many of the tricks that you learn in the game, I uh, I recognized from various either pop culture or just like other sources. Um, the one that I was, I think the Plucky Squire. Yeah, is actually the game that I was probably the most interested in after uh, after I saw it, like. That game looks like it takes two, but I don't know, maybe a bit more charming. I I don't mind Joseph Ferris. Well, here's the thing about that. Um, the main part of the Plucky Squire is that the game takes place in a book, but things come out of the book. So you're basically in a story, but you can come out of the story to – yes. And it features like all sorts of different subversive like genre bending things. Like you start out as like a top down action RPGs type thing, but then you move into like a punch out segment, but then you move into like a contra segment. It's so interesting the way you and like and yeah, but the other thing, it's a cell shaded yeah, it's a cell shaded game until and then they pops out. Oh, we're now 3D. <laughs> yeah. And you're like in a child's book, in a child's room, wandering around the room and, and, and interacting with various media. So like it's it's really interesting what they've got going on, and it looked gorgeous. I uh, I really am interested to see where they go with that game. Um, you also have the typical uh, Devolver digital game with Angerfoot. Oh wait, no, no, it wasn't Angerfoot. Uh, yeah, it was Angerfoot. It was and, Duke Nukem 3's Mighty Boot, the game. Yeah, that's all you do basically is just kick people for the most part. You, you have guns, but most of the time you're just kicking people. But actually I saw this game uh, before and a lot of it is like a, there's more to it going on in that you, it grades you on efficiency and how fast and how much you're able to do in a level. So it's sort of like a puzzle game as well, you know, and you have all these traps that you can either deliberately let off. And it's, it's just a lot of fast paced strategy but on the other hand, you're kicking a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And finally, yeah, the other game, uh, Cult of the Lamb, yeah, was was really amusing. Where you you you're, you build a cult with the lamb, and uh, it's 
you know, you have all these different other woodland characters. Like I think there's foxes and stuff and, uh, and you summon and, Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's, it's kind of like, uh, uh, South Park's, uh, Cartman's little, uh, woodland friends. Actually, they said they, they did, um, they, they did take inspi- inspiration from that. So you're not far oh, off. Okay. That, that makes sense then. Um, and yeah, you're, you're going around collecting supplies too, I think, and fighting enemies. And then you're, you're building your cult and you can cater that cult. You can make it a benevolent one or a violent one, whatever you want, apparently. Uh, looked really interesting. And then finally have skate story when basically you're a skater who went to hell. <laughs> and have to, this uh, is it. This has been a game that I've been kind of eyeing for a while because it looks so stylish and fun. Yeah, I mean, you, you pl- the skater that you play is like geometric and chromey, mm-hmm. and the worlds look like they're pulled right out of like a. They look like something that the Tetris effect designers would make. Yeah, they're so like weird and 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 abstract, and you've got like these like sort of cosmic things going on, lots of light, lots of shadow, lots of uh geometric shapes. Uh and it's just gorgeous. Like the whole thing is gorgeous. Yeah. It really does make me think like, what if the Tetris effect creators made a <laughs> skateboarding game? And oh we have to mention that music does play a role in the game. Mm-hmm. Music play uh, plays an active role in the game. So so uh, Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the PC gaming show. Um, which do we want to talk about first? Uh, it's, it's te- you know, right, let's talk about Agent 64 Spies Never Die, uh, a.k.a. we don't have the rights to GoldenEye, so we're just going to make GoldenEye and just make it enough that the lawyers can't sue us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really, really, really uh, surprised that this hasn't happened before now. Like, this... Oh, yeah, I'm I'm totally into it. Like, why not a why not a non Golden Eye Golden Eye game? <laughs> they uh, I loved how kind of unabashed they were about it though. Like, it is straight up like no, they just say yeah, we wanted to make Golden Eye, but they're not making Golden Eye, so we're gonna just make Golden Eye, and we're gonna make it as a Nintendo. This is not a remaster. This is doing it in the style of a Nintendo 64, including the terrible. Political characters and you know and the wonky uh, uh, way you're aiming your gun, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, they made us a couch co-op is possible because for a lot of people that was the only way they could play GoldenEye multiplayer. Yeah, and just like the, uh, I hope they have multiplayer in there. They do. They do. They have both online and couch co-op. And but they do have a single player campaign as well. So, oh, I meant, do they have? Do they show death matches? I don't think I saw a multiplayer death they matches. Have, yeah, they, 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 they have multiplayer in it. Like I said, couch or. I saw. I thought you said co-op. That's what I was wondering. Oh no, no, I didn't say co-op. I, I don't know if they have co-op. It would be nice if they had co-op. We'll see then. I uh, I, I like the idea of being able to shoot at my pals in a game like this. This is a this would make for a good arena shooter. Goldeneye was already a good arena shooter, but like we haven't had that in a while, and I hope they lock the they lock the style down on this and make it fun. So Scott, which game on the PC gaming uh, show did you like the most? Trying to <clears throat> I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think I liked Gloomwood. That oh yes, 
it, it looked very um I'm trying to remember the game now. I think it was After Dark. I think it it, it has this very old It's a stealth style. game. It's it's a stealth yeah, game. Stealth game. Let's uh, let's just say it's another version of Thief except more Cthulhu in it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very yeah, you get the like a like a flintlock gun or something very old time gun and i think you're injecting yourself with something i thought as a matter of fact it is so thief that they use the exact they they emulate the dark engine that crappy dark engine from the first thief the dark project yeah it it definitely has that very dark feel very dark steampunk maybe not steampunk but just very like dark victorian that's I think that's what I would use. And it seemed very interesting because the, the guy who was making it also mentioned making a game, uh, a Fallout isometric game, I believe, is what he said. And he had some other ones, too, that he's working on but couldn't talk about at the time. Just so you um, know, the guy who did this did Dusk. Yeah. So it, it, it looks really good. Dusk and Elysian Tale? Um, yeah, I love that one. Is that what you were referring to when you, the the guy who did this did Dusk? No, he only did Dusk, and he did Ultra Kill, and he did Super Galaxy Squadron. He was not one of the guys who did uh, a, a play a tale. Oh. And no, <sighs> oh god, I forgot the name of that damn game. Something Tale, right? I I just. Lucian <laughs> Tale. No, uh, there's two guys who were working on this. The other one did Iron Lung and the, the Moon Sliver and A Wolf in Autumn. He also did the music for for a bunch of games too. Mm. No, the 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 guy who did uh, that tail game. No, he didn't. He didn't work on this. Okay. Um, the game that I really uh, well. What, what? Let me talk about System Shock for a moment, because here's the thing. I backed that seven years ago, and it was supposed to release in December 2017, and they're finally starting to finally come to a close on that five years after they said it was going to come out. So I'm glad it's coming out. Uh, the game that really struck my attention was The Sea Vink, uh, which is basically um, uh, Spy Party meets... Uh, Prop Hunt. Yeah. In which um, you're—it's basically you're, you're you're disguising yourself and you're trying to you're trying to get the MacGuffin and you're trying to escape with the MacGuffin. Just because you got the MacGuffin doesn't mean you have the MacGuffin. Some may be just waiting for you to do their job for them. So I got the MacGuffin. Blam! Oh, thanks for doing all the work for me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hiding in plain sight. You can uh, you can disguise yourself as uh, as like citizens in the establishment that you're infiltrating, or uh, or guards, and. Uh, like if you uh, you have a cover meter and if you cover like if you do stuff like draw attention to yourself draw suspension or suspicion yeah your cover meter drops until it's blown and you're exposed as a spy so everybody uh, who loved the uh, Assassin's Creed multiplayer you'll be right at home here yes yes that is another thing that came to mind a lot is that the the Assassin's Creed PvP multiplayer I really uh, I really liked that aspect of this. Yeah, you know, I really like that multiplayer, but it never took off. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks like they've got quite a lot going on here because, like, not only are you going to have these spot, like, not only are you going to have like this this foundation, but you're going to have different spies that have different gear and different specialties. So, 
who is going to work best? Like, do you want to use the sharpshooter who has a long range rifle and can hit targets at range? Uh, do you want to use like the guy who's got a spy cam that can, he can use to like drone and follow people around. Uh, it looks like they're going to have some cool abilities and loadouts. And, uh, that's going to make things even more fun because people can specialize in a, in a character they're choosing. Yeah. And each class has their own branches too. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Yeah. And like, I, I actually got a chance to talk to the developers about this game recently and they, and I was like, so what's to keep a care? So what's to keep someone from just camping and, uh, sitting in a corner waiting for somebody to grab the, the Intel and, uh, and then just get them when they're on their way out. And they said that getting the Intel actually gives you a power boost. If you have the Intel, you're, you become stronger and you can spot other spies more easily. So getting your hands on the Intel and, and having that power boost is going to be a big deal. Another game that a lot of people liked was the uh, game uh, Tactical Breach Wizards, which is basically XCOM Chimera Squad meets John Wick Hex, basically. I loved this. I love the idea of being able to throw lightning bolts at dudes from behind cover from in a, in a tactical uh, breach setting. Yeah, I mean, here are the classes. The Tier 1 Pyromancer, the Elemental Sharpshooter, the Riot Priest, and the Close Quarters Battle Witch. I love it. <laughs> it was it is so ridiculous and silly, and I love it. I uh, I love the idea of Wizard XCOM. Yeah, like I said, it reminded me more of XCOM Chimera Squad than XCOM. Mm-hmm. Because one, you're doing the same thing. You're breaching and clearing in both games, but also the uh, the 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 uh, the terrain and the uh, and the levels and all that stuff are more more like Chimera Squad than it is XCOM. I saw a part of it where you could, where he, like one of the characters used a wind spell to shove somebody right out of a window. <laughs> it was like, I'm sold. I, uh, I love everything about this. It looks like you're going to be able to use the environment to your advantage and the ways like I just described, but like it still looks like it's going to keep that spirit of, of like that RTS or like turn based tactical strategy intact. By the way, speaking of hack and slash dungeon crawlers, you were raving about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you want to talk about Rotwood? Rotwood. Which is made by Clay Entertainment. And for those who don't know who Clay is, they're the ones who did Mark of the Ninja. And, oh, God, wasn't it uh, the name with the guy with the uh, with the two daggers uh, that you loved that game? I'm trying to remember the name of that game. You know the one I'm talking guy, about. Guy with two daggers? Yeah, it's Clay Entertainment. Uh, they also... Uh, Shank, Shank. They did. He did. They did the Shank games. They did. They oh, also yeah. did Don't Starve. Uh, but mostly importantly, they did uh, Mark of the Ninja, which is one of the best stealth games ever. But uh, they're doing this. It's a. Uh, it's another. It's their version of Castle Crashers. <laughs> kind of does look that way. I uh, I dig the character designs and what they've got. Uh, as far as like, it looks like you don't have to like stick to a single weapon. It looks like you can kind of change it up as you go. Because I see uh, characters either using a spear at some point or using a hammer at another point. I dig it. Yeah. Um, then there's the altars, which is basically uh, someone really loved the Sam Rockwell movie Moon. 
And the 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 thing about this game is that you, you're playing a bunch of clones, and every, each one of them had, had a different life experience, so they're all different personalities. Yeah, I uh, I really liked that trailer. The it's made by the same right or no, the person that's writing the story for that game also wrote this War of Mine. Yep. Um, this is obviously like this War of Mine is heavy as hell. Uh, that game is about war, of course. It's about yeah. refugees, but uh, I'm very interested to see like if if uh, all the altars ends up being as heavy in various ways. It seems like it's gonna be sort of like um, what remains of Edith Finch, in which you can have light and heavy at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I'm in. Like 11 bit does good. 11 bit's doing a lot of good games recently, and I and whatever that whatever this war of mine guy is doing i will throw money his way <laughs> um why don't you what did you think of half-life alex levitation it's a mod but it was still shown off and i don't know if you can call it a mod anymore i think it's just a full-on expansion it's full-on supported by valve like it, it is impressive how much like it is impressive how much passion and how much content they put into this mod it looks like a full-on official Valve expansion before Valve was even involved. And to see, like, it's going to bring about five hours worth of more story to Half-Life Alex. Yes, please. I love that. <laughs> I love Half-Life Alex already, and the idea of being able to play more of it is uh, an, extremely, uh, an extremely welcome thing. Scott, did you see Victoria 3? So Victoria 3, uh, basically it is a grand strategy game, and uh, it's more like Balance of Power than it is Europa Universalis, because in that game, you're setting policies, and you're setting, you know, so there's a lot more indirect stuff going on, and you're more concerned about making your people happy, and expansionism, and all that stuff. So there's a lot more politics in it than you would have with something like Europa Universalis, or even... Did you did you see Victoria 3? I did. Um, that game looked absolutely gorgeous for one. Yeah, it looks it looks like they took a lot of uh, hints from uh, Crusader Kings three. Mm-hmm. I uh, and like this is basically set in Australia, right? Like, no, it's based in the entire world. Oh, it's the Victorian area. That's why it's called Victoria three. Ah, uh, I see. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I can see, they, they have taken a lot of, uh, keys from Crusader Things, or Crusader Kings 3, but it does also look like they've touched up with their, uh, with a few of their own ideas, like, it, it really does look cool how much they're pouring into, like, society, uh, the way in which you handle your, your community and internals, cause, like, Crusader think Kings three, you do like a little bit of kingdom stuff, but it's yeah, more but it's all monarchy. It's all monarchy. Yeah, it's more about interacting with other leaders than it is about handling your own shit. Uh, and so the idea of like handling your society and a lot of people compared it to Tropico, actually. Yeah, I can see that because you do you make you make a deci- you make decisions as to what kind of government you'll have what kind of uh, policies you'll enact your economics all that stuff and it um, goes really far i mean you can play as native americans 
Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you can do a lot with this game. It looks like you can play as pretty much a lot. It looks like you can play as nations around the world. Yeah. Everybody. Um, another game, uh, the Endless Dungeon. It's, uh, another in the Endless series. This is very different from the other stuff that, uh, that, uh, Amplitude has done though. Endless, or Amplitude has mostly been doing, uh, 4x games since they started and so the idea of uh, this endless dungeon game is kind of intriguing if only because it's a very different uh it's a very different genre for them yeah it's they're 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 tackling diablo with this one mm-hmm. but if it's certainly if it's set in the endless world then uh i'm into it because i love the uh endless uh races and i love the narratives that they put together yeah, I mean, I'd like to say it's it's very tactical though. It's um, it's not it's it, that's the way it differs from a your typical ARP a roguelite. Oh, what else did we talk about? I've been playing Potion Craft, so it's not news to me. Um, have you seen have you have you have you seen Potion Craft? Yes, I have. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, I actually voted for it for best uh. Uh, artistic graphics, you know, nominated for best artistic graphics for the Steam Awards, and apparently got enough people voting for it that it actually became a nominee, even as an early access game. It really is a, a nice looking game. Uh, it's it's a glorified puzzle game, but there's something about it that is just very welcoming. You know, being a uh, being a, 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 a thing. By the way, there was the other game. That was sort of like a parody, and it seemed like it was going to be another um, another uh, uh, Stanley Prin- uh, Stanley Principle, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. In which you have this eye that's talking to you, and he's trying to look through the books, and he's, he he screws up, and he has to have his mate actually talk to you as well. Do you remember the name of this game? Um, I think it's Black Firewall. Black Firewall. Yeah, I don't know that one. You didn't see Backfire Wall? Really? Uh, oh, uh, how could you not? The the the, uh, the trailer was so distinct. <laughs> it must. Let me see. Let me see. It's 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 basically a metatextual game, which really tells you nothing about the game except for the fact it's going to be net metatextual. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember much of anything about it. Okay, you're going to have to watch that trailer after this and, and see. No, I'm watching the trailer, and I still don't remember much about it. Really? <laughs> okay. Um, Who makes this? Deli- games. I don't right. know them. Deliver Us Mars is finally coming out, finally has a release date. People have been waiting for that game. Yep, and uh, they're still pushing Outriders stuff. And then you have the Invincible, um, and people don't know this, though, but it's it's the Invincible was a book by Stanislaw Lem, who also did Solaris, and from what I understand, this that this game is actually a sequel to uh, the Invincible. The Invincible was about nanomachines, one of the earliest books about it, because that was from like 1963. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I really like the look of Invincible. It looks like a nice uh, just adventure game where you're exploring. Uh, well, it's like Firewatch. Yeah. Okay. I've never played Firewatch, um, but it, it it looks like this is the kind of game that I would want to play in a sci-fi setting, 
because um, you know it's like Starfield is going to be this action game, and this looks like it's going to be more adventure and story. It's and mystery. it's a walking simulator adventure, um, and you're solving a mystery. It hands it's not it doesn't handhold you, but it's like Firewatch in which you know you it's it's leading you on a story that you're just going to experience. Yeah, I don't know if it reminded me of Firewatch. It actually kind of more reminded me of uh, Amnesia, but in space. <laughs> okay. Like there there are threats that you're going to deal with in this game, like uh, usually in the form of like malfunctioning robots and stuff. But the fact of the matter is you're going to have to deal with like various uh, you're you're on a derelict space station on Mars, I think. No, it's a, it's a it's yeah. it's an unknown planet. It's just a it's just a planet out there. It's it's an exoplanet. There's no it's it's not any planet that exists. It's in a planet it's on a, it's in a planetoid that's far out in space and you in the book you they discovered a sentient nano robot society. Um in this game it, from what I understand it's a sequel. It takes place after it. Sure, but the point being that you're going to deal with different threats as you as you explore this, these derelict space stations, and uh, you're going to have to like escape because you don't like really have the means to fight yourself, which is another sort of amnesia thing that hits me. Um, but I am very interested in seeing it. Like the game's setting looks very beautiful, looks very craggy, looks very dusty. Uh, and then there's the combination of like the technology that you come across and the and like you said the the this nano machine sentient uh, nano machines yeah that you have to deal with alongside the malfunctioning sort of robots that you come across in this area um it looks uh it looks like it's going to be a very interesting narrative narrative adventure yeah um i also liked what i saw from lacera summit kingdom and basically it's the settlers but you're on a mountain peak um since the settlers isn't coming out anytime soon at least you have this and for those who don't know what a settlers type game is, just basically you're building a um, you're, you're building a, a, a colony, not a colony, but a village, and you just keep adding to it and have all these um, these things interacting. Oh, you have to get the you have to get the wood, you have to get the wood to the uh, to the lumber mill, you have to get the lumber mill, blah 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 blah, you know, and all these little mechanics that are going on. So it's sort of like the settlers on top of a mountain, which I like because, like I said, the settlers isn't coming out anytime soon. Uh, and also Warhammer 40k Space Marine 2, a game that a lot of people wanted and didn't think was going to come out anytime soon. Because uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine sold really badly when it came out, but a lot of people liked it because it was, you know, uh, Space Marine is a very aggressive game. This is not a game in which you're, you're trying to be tactical. No, your job in Space Marine is to just go up and start killing and the more melee kills, the better, because that's how you restore health. <laughs> so, um, did you play uh, Space Marine? I have not played the Space Marine game. Wow. Okay. The original Space Marine, because Space Marines in 40K pre were far before um, before uh, Halo. <laughs> I do like uh, I do like the copious amounts of uh, of chainsaw swords that they've been showing in Space Marine too, though. Yeah. Well, that's the entire thing, and all of it is 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 um is is uh, uh faithful to the Games Workshop stuff. So yeah, yeah. I uh, 
it does it does seem like it's cool like I, I if i was more of a warhammer person i'm sure i'd be into it but like my eyes have been on dark tide okay which uh interestingly enough we didn't really see anything out of dark tide during this one yeah um there's also uh farthest frontier which is another uh another city sim sim city type game except this is again this is in medieval times and it looks really really pretty and you have seasons going on too Mm-hmm. I uh of all the we we saw a few different uh civilization sims during uh during this uh showcase. And I got to say the one that struck me as the most interesting, the most intriguing and the one that I wanted to play the most was Lesara Summit Kingdom. Yeah. Um just the concept in of itself, you are building your civilization into mountaintop peaks. Didn't I just talk about that? <laughs> You might have, but like you, you completely ignored me. I talked about it at length. It's a settlers game, but on to- on mountaintops. Yeah, but like, I'm sorry. I, but I, go I, ahead. My bad. That it looks, but it I, looks really beautiful too. By the way, it was gorgeous, and I like the idea that you not only have to build these villages, you have to build these like sort of terraced farms, but you also have to build bridges and and lifts to get your citizens between uh, these different peaks, and there's natural disasters that can occur. There are chances of avalanches and landslides. Did you see Farthest Frontier? I did. I didn't think it was as cool as Lysara. Okay. Well, Lysara has a his unique uh, 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 setting. I mean, Farthest Frontier is basically, yeah, it's land. You have to develop it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to Capcom. Um, I really didn't care about Monster Hunter Sunbreak. I was intrigued by Exoprimal. Exoprimal is so weird. It is basically, uh, it is Left for Dead, but with dinosaurs. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's an evil AI that is just pissed off at all of humanity. <laughs> yes, I know. And the excuse plot in this case is just an AI who wants, yeah, I don't like you. <laughs> and so it's going to, and so it decided that it's going to use dinosaurs to kill them. And <laughs> Boy, howdy, does it use them? Because like it just forms like it's, temporal balls of space it's, and unleashes tidal waves of love. Just like it's game. like World War Z, the game, you know, except with instead of zombies, it's dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And you just have and, tons and tons and tons of Velociraptors just attacking. <laughs> and, it, and it sounded like they're gonna make it a PvPVE game where like you'll have multiple squads that are going for an objective, and then you'll also have the dinosaurs to contend with. Um. So that's interesting. Like, I'm sure you'll be able to do some game modes where it's just like one squad, but it looks like there's going to be a PvP element in there somewhere. Um, I do like the idea of having to compete with another squad for an objective. I yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the PvP in Left 4 Dead, uh, really, I didn't. It never really got. You know, yeah, you're playing one of the zombies, big whoop. You know. Mm-hmm. In a PvPVE thing in which uh, – and I, I had a mod on Unreal Tournament in which uh, it was basic, you know, capture the flag, except in the middle of it, you have all these creatures running around from Unreal. So you have to navigate those in order to do the capture the flag. So not only are you dealing with a team, but you're dealing with these monsters who are just, you know, attacking you on, on site. So, yeah, I like the idea of having to – and there was another game in which um, – I forgot the name of it, in which uh, zombies were – were a obstacle, but you could use them to your advantage by flinging a zombie uh, attractant at other teams. 
I forgot the name of the game, but I remember that was a thing in it. But anyways, yeah, I mean, it's a lot more interesting than just having zombies versus, uh, you know, or monsters versus humans. Yeah, because like, I mean, ultimate if you if you present enough threats, which it looks like they're going to be in Exoprimal, it looks like you have to fight against like rampaging Triceratops that will straight up plow through buildings to get to you. It looks like the T-Rexes are pretty scary as well. Um, there's a lot of it looks like there's a lot to contend with this in, in this game. Oh, yeah. And also, Lab yeah. changed the fact that the that the dinosaurs you're fighting are not real dinosaurs. Like, yeah, this is what you think dinosaurs should be. But they're in reality, they're not. But since you like these kind of dinosaurs, these are the kind of dinosaurs you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exoprimal looks wack, absolutely wacky. And I have like come to terms with the fact that it's not a dino crisis game and accepted that. And since then, I think that I've been able to enjoy, like, everything I've seen out of it more. So the rest of the thing for Capcom was Resident Evil. What did you think of Resident Evil 4 Remake? We only got cinematics out of it. I want to see gameplay. You saw snatches of gameplay? Mm, It was, like, maybe a meager glimpse of, like, him walking into a house. I don't remember seeing much in the way of gameplay in the game. I actually want to see what the gunplay and, and uh, combat looks like. But one thing I notice is, look, look, everything's not brown now. <laughs> It'll, uh, it is like, it does look gorgeous. I will say that much. Scott, you said something. Oh, go ahead. No. Mm. Uh, I'm not particularly interested in Resident Evil, but there there does seem to be a lot of it uh, lately. I know they're looks like they're bringing it to uh, PlayStation again. Yeah, they're 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 remastering Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, and Resident Evil 7 for next gen. You know, they're taking they're just upping the Xbox One, PS4 versions to Xbox SX and and uh, PS5 versions. Which is fine because they made it free upgrades. You don't even have to buy it again if you had the previous games. Uh, uh, Village is getting DLC, Shadows of Rose. It's also getting VR, which I was very interested in when I saw that. But that was back at the PlayStation uh, thing. We talked we talked about that last week. Oh, that's true. Okay. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> funny thing about that Resident Evil Village DLC. They straight up just were like, hey, you've had enough time to play the game. Here's how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) That is literally how the DLC reveal kicked off. Was complete spoiler for the end of the game. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a very bold move. (laughs) But I am very interested. Yeah. Yeah. Sleazy is another way to put it. Yeah. I was going to say dick, but yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be able to play as Rose, which, uh, yeah, that's that's not really a secret. That's Ethan's daughter. Um, And we're also going to be able to play the game in third-person mode, which uh, that means they have to put a face on Ethan. I don't know if you all have ever seen the character model, but his face is, like, shadowed out on it. Yeah. So, uh, it will be, like, 
I know people that aren't into uh, first-person Resident Evil that are actually willing to give Resident Evil Village another try in a third-person setting. So it, this is interesting, if only for the fact that it's going to let folks give it another go from another perspective that they enjoy more in the Resident Evil franchise. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting tactic by Capcom to just be like, you, you uh, your time is up. Here's how the game ended. Finally, um, they revealed more of uh, Street Fighter Six. Uh, any any comments on that from last week? I mean, new stuff. I have been cautiously optimistic about Street Fighter Six because I was burned by Street Fighter Five so bad. But they showed more combat. It looks, like, it looks like they really are taking fan feedback to heart and actually doing everything that everybody is asking for for this game and i'm happy for that i really hope that they continue to do that like everything i've heard so far the fact they're they're making a new netcode system for uh for street fighter 6 which is going to be your old netcode i was about to say you know they could have just did a remake of street fighter 5 with good netcode and i think people would have been satisfied i don't think they really could have because Street Fighter Five is very niche. It is very. It is no. Very, I don't mean an actual remake of Street Fighter Five. Just make a, a just a humdrum, you know, new Street Fighter game called Street Fighter Five Point Five, and just make sure it has good netcode and people would have been satisfied. I I I disagree okay. for for a few reasons. One being that like. Street Fighter Five is maybe Street Fighter Five is maybe the least newcomer friendly entry in the franchise. It's it caters a little too much to pros. Um, I know they were talking yeah. about that was one of their selling points was that you know anybody can pick this up now. If you want to yeah, button mash? Go ahead and button mash. They're going to have modern controls, which are like basically one button inputs, and then they're going to have traditional controls where you if you input the actual directional stuff for the move. It'll be a stronger move, and I love that. I love the idea of a care of like somebody that's that doesn't know or doesn't have the have the dexterity to handle like various Chun Li moves. Like she has a lot of moves where she, you have to hold back and then hit forward and hit a button really quick, or like dragon punch inputs, which are like forward down diagonal. And some people just aren't good at that stuff. And so having that option for modern controls and one-button inputs is a nice way of inviting folks in. I have to ask you this. Did they ever have a Drunken Master fighting technique in previous Street Fighter games? The closest they've ever come to that would probably be Gin from Street Fighter Alpha. But I like uh, I like Jamie's a lot more. He looks very fun. Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed second time around was that they're doing a, a lot of uh, paint aesthetic in which all the special moves in the slow-mo and a lot of things, you just see paint splattering everywhere. Very graffiti-heavy uh, art style, and I love that too. Like, I'm, a, I'm very interested in a lot of aspects of this, not just in the fir- in the – in the fighting itself, but also in the presentation, it really looks like they're taking notes from other fighting games and really pouring out some very cool spectacle into uh, like like when you have the when you have the versus screen, it has them like walking out among like a bunch of crowds and like the lights and and the camera and all that. 
fucking pomp and circumstance like it's a big old MMA fight. And uh I love that. I love I love uh I love good fight game intro presentation. Um and so like everything they've shown me so far makes me think they might finally have their shit together for this. And I really hope they they stick the landing because there's a lot riding on this one. Anyways, uh, just wrapping up, I'm really looking forward to Starfield now. I mean, I am all in. Uh, And the thing about it is that it seems like a game that wants you to take it easy and not rush through it. It's like, yeah, just whatever. But first do this and this, you know, do your main quest when you need to. But right now, have fun doing this and this and this. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, what everything they showed us about Starfield was really cool. It's been a long time coming to finally get details of gameplay and, and what we're going to be doing in the game. And I really think it was fun. It was a fun payoff during this, uh, these showcases to finally see Starfield in action. By the way, I forgot to mention, you know, the crafting is in it as well. We forgot to talk about that. Um, and the crafting is not the annoying kind of crafting. It's just this, this, and this, you know, it's sort of like a recipe crafting system. And, um, I noticed that there is a change when you make a mod to your gun, that there is a, 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 not a physical, but just, it feels different when you mod your gun and it feels like a different weapon. Um, and also I'm glad there's no vats. We don't need vats. Thank you very much. We don't need vats for this. Just concentrate on making the shooting good. Don't don't have the vats uh, 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 handicap at uh, the crutch. Yeah, I mean, I like vats. <laughs> I like being able to stop time. Watch someone's <laughs> head blow up. Yeah, <laughs> and think things out for maybe a dramatic shot. Um, the combat was more like Mass Effect Andromeda, in a good yeah. way, with the thrusters and stuff. I liked uh, I liked um, I liked the Outer Worlds take on vets, where instead of actually stopping everything, you just slow it down. Well, that was just vets, but they had to call it something else. Oh, it's it's uh, sickness. It's it's resurrection sickness. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, Red Dead Redemption also had that, but they called it the Red Eye. Dead Eye. Yeah, Dead Eye. Yeah. But I think it looks like in this game, there's not going to be any of that. It's just straight up shooting, you know. I kind of hope that they do put something like that in, in some form or another, because I'm sorry, I do like that. Maybe there'll be a maybe there'll be a gun mod you can use, you know. Maybe or maybe modders will make vets for me. I yeah, I mean that's one of the things that people are, are saying. It's it's a Bethesda game. We can it's can have mods up the wazoo i mean look how many there are more people there are more mods for elder uh, scrolls than there are populations in some major cities but that's it you know anything like i said i think the th- concern about people having 1000 you know procedural planets it's gonna go by the wayside once the modders get their hands on it and all of a sudden you'll have thousands uh, hundreds of, of of mods to putting cities and and other stuff there, uh, because once you have the precedent of having these gigantic cities, and oh, by the way, they also said there's 20,000 plus lines of dialogue in the game, too. Uh, but also, you know, the fact that these cities are gigantic, that's setting a precedent for modders who say, oh, you, you can make them that big? Fine, I'm going to make my huge, humongous city, too. 
and put a lot of work into it. I mean, we see what people do with Minecraft. We see, we can imagine what they'll do with with Starfield. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do. Maybe make the Death Star or something. Or maybe they'll they'll you know maybe they'll implement a turn based uh, combat system for Starfield for you, uh, Scott, so you don't have to deal with with shooter. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Yeah, just 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 put that in the message board and Steam and say, can someone please make a turn-based combat system? I wonder if they've done that already with with Fallout. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I haven't looked at the mods for in a long time, but I'm sure they've done a lot of crazy stuff to, to make the game easier or different. Yeah. Well, it's not easier. It's just a different style of playing. Yeah. Anyways, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We, we enjoy your feedback, so leave us comments at our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, this is up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us iTunes comments. You can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charter Moore. And we will see you next week with definitely a lot less news. <laughs> Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all. And yeah, that's that.